0: Welcome to Season 1, Episode 9 of That the Live TV. Edutainment to help you become emotionally whole, emotionally healed, and emotionally healthy. In this episode, I have the pleasure of interviewing none other than Bridget Lorette. My grandmother had a saying. She said, the harder God allows you to be pressed, the sweeter the oil's gonna be. When you name your book, Trash to Treasure, you know you are in for an interesting story. Bridget is raw and honest about growing up in urban America. Take a listen. Well, hey Anita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was so quick! Thank you very much, Bridget for agreeing to do this interview. You're welcome. I saw your posts all over Facebook announcing your bestseller. Yes. In Amazon and your birthday celebration. Yes. Okay, so tell me, how did the book come into being? How did you? How did the desire lay upon you to be an author? Well,
1: let me tell you, Anita, I've always been a writer. I never knew that I was a writer. Be like my brother and sister, they can draw like so well, right? And I was like, I wanna draw too. Like, I see like, God, why didn't you give me any talent? Why, (laughs) right? So so I I would just start like writing little things and like just writing little stuff down, little notes. And I, and my mom would find them and she's like, oh, this is kind of good. Like, wow, she would keep them. And my life has just been so hectic Writing has just been the thing that I used to release myself, my anger and things of such. And I never knew that I was a writer. When I turned 33, I just said, I asked God, you know, I I felt like I was the same age now that Jesus was when he died. So I asked myself, I said, Richard, what would you do if you died now? Like what thing, what would your legacy be and what would you regret? And I realized I would regret not writing a book. God placed on my heart to write a book about my life and the trauma and the turmoil and the things I've been through for years now like I've actually started reading and I've got my little notebook and my little composition book and I would just write little things but I would never like do anything with it so when I turned 33 I was like it's time to get serious so that's where the book came from
0: <laughs> okay and then so you've been writing for years yes so the series is has the series been completed and we've only been, been blessed with the first book in the series or? Well, yes, the, the series is called The First 33,
1: One Woman's Journey from Trash to Treasure, uh-huh. Volume 1, The Early Years, is out and available on Amazon.com or you can go to Bridgetleray.com and order there. And actually, it's only I only have this one series written right now. So, but it's my life, it's all in my head, I can write it down in two days, okay? Um, Let me tell you, Anita, I, when I made the decision to get serious and write this book series, I I gave myself 40 days, I gave myself a 40 day deadline, I said, Bridget, you're gonna have this book completed in 40 days, and guess what, it took me seven days, okay? That's how magical we are, so, so volume two is The Teenage, The untamable Teenage, Volume three is Promiscuous Girl, and volume four is The Jesus Year. So they will be out soon. I'm hoping to get um, get funding from a major, maybe Harper or some major publishing company so I can sit on a beach and just write.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that all about dreams, right? <laughs> it's lovely, just lovely. Sarah, <laughs> from the title, it sounds like number three is probably going to be your hottest seller. Oh, yeah, promiscuous girl. <laughs> but right now, um, one is what's for sale on Amazon. Yes. and Value that- one,
1: the early years.
0: And so that takes us from what age to what age? From from actually
1: from birth to pre adolescence to about 12, 12 and a half.
0: Okay, so give me just a little bit of a highlight in. And- what we can look for or look to learn in that, in these first, these primary years. Okay. Well, see, the thing is, Anita, um, the book is, is to encourage, uplift,
1: and inspire girls, young girls, because each book is, is pertained to girls in that age age range, okay? So the early years is for the young girl that may be going through some of the things that I went through, like um, molestation, um, abuse, neglect, just... Just a whole bunch of trauma. I tell you one thing that is uh, really crazy. As a girl, when I started my menstruation period, I I didn't know what it was. I was 12 years old and I had never been explained how the, the mechanisms of a woman coming into her a girl coming into her womanhood. So I used to eat flaming hot Cheetos a lot. Okay, and one day I was just in the bathroom and I was like, oh my gosh, like flaming hot Cheetos is coming out of my vagina. Like what? <laughs> and so. I <laughs> So, I write that in the book. Okay. And like my family, my family, I love my family to death. Okay. We've been through a lot, a lot of trouble, traumatic past um, turmoil. And one of the things my family taught me inadvertently was to love with to show our love with guns and knives and violence, okay? Because anytime anything went down with anybody in our family, my family showed up packing guns and knives. We was ready, okay? Mm-hmm. That's how my family showed love. And I that in my my in younger years and early years of my life and so I, I, I shamelessly share those type of stories um, I shamelessly share how um, my mom you know kind of beat her children like I got whoopings every day smacked in the mouth every day my dad is an alcoholic and um, he, he would buy gifts and take them away all the time so at that point I learned that you know I was unlovable and, and, and not worthy of gifts or, or not worthy to be treated like a queen or a princess from a man so these are, the subliminal, um, these are the subliminal stories that our parents teach us unbeknownst to them, you know, just from, from the way that they were raised. Maybe they didn't have, like my dad's father wasn't in his life, so I commend him for being there. My mom, she was not, you know, taught. she wasn't hugged and kissed and loved on as a child. And, you know, she did the same to me. But I always knew that my family loved me and I love them to this day. And now as a grown woman, I tell my family, like, I love you. I tell my mom I love her every day. So they'll turn to, and the book is to, to to show you how God is always there for us through it all. Like, we never even know that he was there. Because like, as a baby, I almost died. And God was there with me through it all. And now that I'm grown, I'm looking back at it and recollecting my life, looking at the chronology of my life. I just see how God has always been there in the midst of
0: everything. So I just... Now, now, when you tell your mom that you love her, does that bring tears to her eyes? Does that, has she learned through you to show emotion in a different way? I think so. I think she yeah. has. Because when, when I came to the terms that, when I realized it, like, wow, we,
1: my family, we don't, we're not the type of family that say I love you, right? So I asked my mom, I said, why don't you ever say I love you? And she went on, like, into this little tangent, like, well, because, you know, when, when you when, when you tell people that you love them, like, they don't come around, or, or you know, the people that you tell them they love, they, they believe, and, you know, just all of this, she wasn't sure as to why, so she was just on a tangent, just giving, making things up, right? Okay. So
0: then I just said, well, I'm going to start telling you
1: that I love you, and then she was like, okay, and I tell it to her, and I, I know it makes her feel good that somebody tells her that they love them, that
0: they, they love her every day. Now this is a young black girl from the ghetto, struggling with anger, peer security, yes. alcohol, drugs, lying, cheating, and stealing—all that. Now was that in California? Oh, see, so you know I'm from
1: Dayton, Ohio. Okay. So nine three seven. So I'm from Dayton, Ohio, and I, I I lived there for the first 29 years of my life, and then on September the 11th, 2011, um. I packed up everything and I drove 15 hours to Dallas, Texas. So I lived in Dallas, Texas for like a year and five months.
0: Okay, hold hold, hold on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where did that come from after 29 years? And the, and the family is located in Dayton because you know, especially for us African Americans, uh-huh. it is very hard, and it is looked down upon right. to just pack up and. Uh-huh. and leave, drive away, fly away, to to move away from where family is located. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? Listen Anita, I had to go.
1: Every day I was waking up, okay, let me tell you, Mm -hmm. Uh I I graduated as a registered nurse in 2010, and I always told myself, let me tell you the first day of school, my sister and Lydia and I, we went to nursing school together. And the first day of school, the instructor said, I want everybody, I want to go around, around the room, have everybody tell a story about why you want to be a nurse, right? And my story was, I want to clean it, it seems like my camera is dirty, hold on. okay, they better. <laughs> so, I said, well, the reason why I want to be a nurse is so I can have money to fund my entertainment career. <laughs> My sister was like,
0: sit, sit down. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> she was so embarrassed. Yes. <laughs> what? She got dreams? Right. Like, I was keeping it real, you know? Right. She was going at the same time. I just want money and then fund my entertainment career, right? <laughs> so, So every day I was waking up, every day of my life, feeling like, is this all there is to life? I was a, a, a case manager, a nurse running around the city, checking on people at their homes, and I was partying, drinking, smoking, and still being promiscuous, still living the same life I lived all of my life, right? Mm-hmm. And so every day I was just waking up like, man, is this all there is to life? Is this? Have I reached the top? Like, is this it? You know? Because you know, when you're in the hood, I, I moved myself out of the hood. I wasn't on the west side of Dayton no more. Now I'm living on the south side, like by the mall. And dating, when you make it to the south side, you've made it, right? Right, right? So, so, I was like, man, is this it though? Is this this, is this what I've been working for? Like, is this it? So, I just, I I had this, uh, somebody that's unnameable, I don't even want to give him the, <laughs> I didn't want to mention him, but you know, this guy I knew that was living in Dallas, I, I was like, you know what, can I come stay with you for a few weeks? I just, I'm just ready to get out of Dayton, and so he let me come stay with him, I stayed with him for three weeks, and I, um, I started working in Dallas In three weeks. I, I was living it up. You know, I had a nice, luxurious loft downtown. And it seemed like, again, I was, I had the, the American dream, right? But inside of me, I, I just wasn't fulfilled. I just was not fulfilled. So I took up, I took up acting while I was in Dallas. And that didn't, that didn't do it for me. I was like, I, I always wanted to move to Hollywood because as a child, how the TV raised me. So. I was like, I want to be there. I want to be where the happy faces were because I seen people happy on TV, like happy faces, smiling, beautiful people. I wanted to be there. So I just moved. And it was a it was a it was a best decision I made in my life.
0: How did your family respond to that move?
1: When I moved from Dayton? Yes. To Dallas. Well, Anita, nobody believed me because I'm such an impulsive person. I got the decision to move and I and I did it in like two weeks. I told everybody like, you know what, I'm, I'm about to move. I'm about to move to Dallas. They're like, oh, whatever, yeah. Bridget. Always talking about Bridget. something, you know. People <laughs> well, always talking. So I told them I was gonna move, and I I did. And I, I went around. I remember the day that I moved, September the 11th. And I went around and I told every, you know, telling everybody bye. They're like, so you really leaving? You're not gonna throw a party or anything? I was like, no, because I don't want anybody to discourage me. Right. So. I left and my auntie niece she cried and I was like I said no auntie no don't no crying I'm about to go make us rich I didn't know what I was going to do I was like I'm I just knew I'm like I'm about to do something I'm about to do
0: something we're going to be rich okay we're <laughs> on our way we're on our way <laughs> okay so you got to Dallas mm-hmm. what prompted the move from Dallas to California well I told you I'm very impulsive Anita mm-hmm. so
1: in, in Dallas uh, my lease was up on my loft and i was just like well i started looking around dallas for different places to move to and it just dawned on me like bridget you had a nice life here in dallas and you got really comfortable i got so comfortable Anita. i was about to move into these beautiful apartments like by the lake and i thought to myself like no you're a little too comfortable you didn't live here to live day-to-day life you didn't move here to live a day-to-day life you you moved seeking you know your authentic true self and Life was too easy. I'm a person who liked challenges because my life has been such a challenge. So I I wanted to be challenged more because Dallas was really too easy for me. So I, I moved to Hollywood and my acting coach. I talk about this in the book, too. Like when I, I told my acting coach that I was moving to Hollywood, and I figured I was just moving there to become an actress. Right. So he was like, you're going to die a slow death
0: out there. And I was like, "Wow, who says that to somebody? <laughs> Especially in acting coach, and you're going—I mean, the fish is going to where the water is." So I'm like, "You don't
1: go to a tennis court to practice football," but right. you know what I'm saying? So I told him that, and then uh, because of what he said, it, it prompted me to seek an answer from God, and and I found out some guy I slept around with, right? Because I was still being promiscuous. Uh, he told me about this church, Inspiring Body of Christ with Pastor Ricky G. Rush, and I went to the church um, maybe six days before I was scheduled to fly out, and it just happened to be Super Bowl Sunday. Let me tell you about God. He always do something for me on major days. It's always a holiday that he does something, right? Like when I moved, September the 11th, you know? Yeah. And and so on Super Bowl Sunday, I went to the church, Inspiring Body of Christ, and Pastor Rush made the whole service about me like he literally did, he had me stand up and the title of the sermon was You Gotta Believe It and that was my message that was my confirmation from God that it was meant for me to move to to Hollywood, I just had to believe it it wasn't, see what, what somebody else believe about us it doesn't matter, only thing only time it becomes true is when you begin to believe it so no matter what somebody says about you it's not true unless you believe it
0: so that's what I learned That's my question, and where now that you're in California looking back, and you look back on the move to Dallas from Dayton, and you look back on the move to California from Dallas, Uh do you see God in those moves and how he was prompted and telling you to make those moves?
1: Oh, man, listen, let me tell you. God has always been there. I see God literally. He's shown me so many miracles, wonders, and signs. Every day of my life, I, I I I was like the Walking Dead, Anita. And when I say about the Walking Dead, it's just like a person walking around life, and unbeknownst to them, people are living, people are dying, the world is spinning. Like you're just literally a robot. You're just walking. You're just moving. You're just merely existing. Right. That that's who I was. But God has always been there in the midst of in, in the midst of my ignorance. He's always been there. From when, from when I moved from Dayton, Ohio, like I said, September the 11th. The day I was moving, the day I was leaving out, I had stayed with my sister Lydia um, through the night, and I was actually gonna leave a few days before that, but I was so tired, and I was just like, I'm just gonna sleep, you know, I just slept. And I remember leaving, it was like three or four o'clock in the morning, September 11th, and my sister, said, you really going to drive all the way to Dallas by yourself on September 11th? It's 9-11. I didn't even realize it. And I and I was like, hmm. And then something like God just gave me strength, right? And I poked my chest out and I said to her, yes, I'm taking this national day of terror and turning it into my personal day of triumph. And when I said that, it just uplifted something in me. And I was like, wow, I'm so brave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I said that's that's how I. That's how it happened, and God has always been there. Yeah. And 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 then, of course, God was there when I made the move from Dallas to Hollywood, because hello, I was at this mega church. It's like thousands of people, and here this pastor is. He 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 sectioned me out and all thousands of people, and just pretty much confirmed that okay, it's your time to go. And one thing he said, he was like, I'm talking to a new leader in this room. And as I'm sitting there, knowing that he's been talking to me the whole time, I'm like. So I'm a a leader. Everything he was saying I was referring it back to myself because he was literally talking to me, Anita. Literally talking to me. And um, one thing he said, hence the name of the book, From Trash to Treasure, he said bless you. He said bless you. He said I'm talking to somebody that used to be trash and now I'm a treasure. I didn't want to claim that, Anita. But I knew he was talking to me. (laughs) So God has always been there. Always in the midst
0: of it. whether, Whether we realize it or not, he's always there. So now that you're rooted right now in California, mm-hmm. what is the family's response?
1: My, they're very proud. They're very proud of me. Like they tell me they're proud all the time and um you know they're inspired. They're inspired. Like I I, I encourage everyone in my family to I'm like, whatever your gift is, like, you know, my cousin Elaine, she she cooks. I'm like, man, write a cookbook. My sister, Lydia, she's really good at editing and she helped me edit my book. I'm like, maybe you should be an editor. My cousin, Diana, she's good at uh, like um, doing rhinestones, putting rhinestones, making hats and shoes and all this stuff. I'm tell- and, and she has a, a cleaning company. Like whatever they're doing, I'm like, do it. Do do the most. My One of my best friends, Malika, she's a hairstylist. I'm like, open up your own salon. You know what I mean? So it's like, since god has taken me from the hood and you know placed me in hollywood now it's like i'm around people every day with all these dreams these hopes these aspirations and i'm just sharing with my family and my friends back home like you know what it's it's out here for us we can do
0: anything has anyone what? has anyone asked you can they asked, can they move out to california with you my
1: dad he jokes around like i'm coming out there i'm moving i'm like stay home so <laughs> Yeah, that's the wrong one. I'm talking
0: about like cousins, or like, uh, like younger people.
1: <laughs> My little brother Javion, he actually came here. He he's so amazing too. Um, he's like he he's, he's 18. He just got a job at one of the major networks. Cock cockpuck cocks. Cox Media in Dayton, Ohio is like one of the major networks with the news and everything, so he's 18, he just got a job out there but before he got his job, he came here for two weeks and we we, uh, we toured a few colleges out here I wanted him to move out here so desperately, I love him so much he's, so, he's a videographer uh, he went from high school with a degree in um, radio and TV, so he was going to move out here, but you know he, he wanted. He chose to stay at home. He's a smart kid. Everything he does is. I, I believe in him. And my niece Anaya, my namesake Anaya Ray she. Um. We talk about her coming here as well. But she. She's into. Vidiavi. Uh, she's a great editor. And um, she's 16 now. So I want her to come here and go to college. So yeah, the young ones. I really do want them to get out here because it's here for them. And like I said if this is what you want to do why not come to where all the big fish are at you know you don't want to practice tennis at the football field come on out here to la
0: where we're making movies this is where it's happening because that's generally how the family migration happens Mm -hmm. one moves and then i mean even in the 40s Mm -hmm. after that um generation of sharecroppers in where um, African-Americans first began to get jobs in the government and get jobs in the the postal service and things of that nature. And a lot of the migration from the South Mm -hmm. went up to the Ohio's and the New York's. Right. And that's generally how it started. I mean, even now, with you, you know, Mm -hmm. whoever was in your family that that started the seed in Ohio. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and now you're in California, and that's just going right. to make your family bloom that much more. It's it's just, from my perspective, it's just a wonderful thing to watch and to see. I like studying family genealogies. Yeah. <laughs> and to watch them, you know, grow and emerge, and then to dig back through their history and see how they actually got out there and
1: mm-hmm. what it
0: was that inspired them to do it. And you're absolutely
1: right about that. I mean, that's how my family got to Ohio, of course, you know. Um, Back in those days, uh, the the civil rights days, the movement, um, my family were initially from Carrollton, Georgia, and my grandparents migrated to Dayton, Ohio, um, because there was no jobs, there was no jobs in Georgia. So you're absolutely right about that. And I'm I'm hoping that my family do, you know, we do migrate here. The ones, especially the ones with with, uh, a lot of talent and dreams and hopes and aspirations. But where I'm from, Dayton, Ohio is so comfortable people rarely move. Like my mom, she was like, I'm the west side till I die. <laughs> like, mama, you, <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't so stand her. She's going hood.
0: nowhere.
1: <laughs> I'm like, you can't stand her. Now, look, we done moved her to the south side now. So, you know, she up there. She's going big. Did she ever talk about she misses it and she y'all going to catch her one day moving back? Girl, how you know? Just I was just talking to her last week. She mm-hmm. about, I think I'm about to move back to the west side. <laughs> Why? Like people getting killed every day. Like, yeah, that's how it happens. You know, I, I love my city. Pray for Dayton, Ohio, too, because it's like every day, every day, a young black man getting killed with a lot of violence. And the thing is, there's a lot of it's a lot of uh, drug deals going on there, and the, the city is so small. Everybody want to be the kingpin, but it's it's too small for that. You know, when I was living that day, and I even fell into that, I was selling drugs, and I got into little gun wars, and gun fights, and things of that matter. It's like, really? such a butt down, little girl. Now, did this
0: happen between 0 and 12?
1: No. This is actually, I was actually in nursing school when, you know, I decided I was going to sell drugs, because I didn't want to work. So that's in either book 3 or 4? Yeah, that would be in the promiscuous girl. Promiscuous (laughs) girl was up so much. Okay.
0: 3! Okay. It also says that the first 33 features a beautiful collection of original paintings. Yes, it and does. And photographs from independent artists. Tell me about that.
1: Well, I mean, I love art and the hidden stories that it can tell you. Let me tell you. Um I have to look this up cuz ever since I was young, I can like look at something, look at an inanimate object and I would see different things in it that others can't see, but I always I didn't know that it was like a gift so, like a few years ago, I looked it up, and and Google calls it pareidolia when you can, when your eyes just, just mesh things together, and you can just see different things. So, anyhow, I love art and the hidden stories that it tells us. So, I know a lot of different artists, and even my niece, eight years old, Amani Lynn Ivy, that's my niece, and I, I feature her art in there. She's a terrific artist. So, and I know a lot of different art artists. Uh, Scott Maserati, well, his, Maserati is his nickname, so Scott Schneer, he's one of the artists I feature in there, my cousin Roland Hatch, um, my friend Danielle Montrese, um, who else is in there? My niece, Amani Glenn Ivey, this other little 11-year-old girl, a terrific artist, her energy is wow. Naomi, Naomi Liberato. Um, um, my niece's dad, Ahmed Ivy. so I got a dad and a daughter art artist in there. Amani, Lynn Ivy, and her dad, um, Ahmed Ivy. So it's it's just amazing. I love art, and I, I love the stories that it tells. And, and hey, you know what? They say it's only long at the top if you go by yourself. So I'm trying to take some people with me.
0: How did you decide to include the original artwork? Oh, that's a long story, girl. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long story. <laughs>
1: Let me tell you, okay, see, when you're when you when you're working on something, the enemy always come in and try to stir things up, right? He always, he, he, he always want to stop you. So the enemy wanted to stop me from putting this book out because he knew it was about to save some lives, right? Because even in the book, I got Bible scriptures in it and I'm just giving people encouragement and, and, you know, tools for success on how to heal, right? So in writing the book, I had an idea because I love art so much, I had an idea that I wanted to have an artist paint a picture of me and have that be my book cover, right? Mm-hmm. So just out of nowhere, this artist that I know um, and met around here in L.A. He does a lot of like live shows where like with people are on stage doing a concert and he's on and he'll be on stage like drawing, drawing a picture of like Michael Jackson or Prince or somebody, right? And he'll finish it by the time the show is over. So anyhow, this guy he just hit me up out of the blue and he was just like, hey. And so I hit him back and I was like, oh, wow. I said, I'm writing this book and it's about to come out and I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to get a, a cover. Like, um, maybe God put you in contact with me so that you can draw my picture, right? And he, like, he didn't tell me at the time, girl. But but he was like, all right, yeah, look, let's hook up. But he didn't tell me at the time that he wasn't even a believer. Like, he didn't believe in God, girl, the whole time we hooked up. He just, you know, just dissing God, man. God ain't, God ain't real. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, Oh, okay, okay, but the enemy, like, yeah, he, he still needs to do your book cover, right? <laughs> so I'm just thinking, like, okay, he's going to do my book cover. But deep down inside, I knew I didn't want his, that negative energy projected out of my book. So I'm like, well, maybe I won't have him do the cover. But then I, you know how us women are, I'm like, you know, I'm all single, right? I'm like, well, well maybe God sent him to me so I can help him change, right? <laughs> i mean because he's a very handsome guy he's a handsome guy i did you know everything that us girls girls like you know i want me a black man i'm like i want me a strong black man I'm trying to do that so, save, that saving date, girl i'm trying to do it i'm trying to do it <laughs> so but I, just knowing that we're unequally yoked I, I was still going for it so the whole time we were just hanging out for for a few days and i'm just like we haven't talked anything about this book cover girl i didn't I done almost, you know what I'm saying, I almost turned back into the promiscuous girl years, right? So I'm like, you know what? This enemy, he, he didn't have any new tricks, right? He has no new tricks. And his trick to me, he knows, the enemy knows I love massages. So his trick was like, yeah, I'm about to have this artist give you a massage, girl. Let's see how you handle yourself then. And then when that happened, I was like, okay, you look enemy. Then you are a liar. Get up out of my house! I don't want anything to do with you. So then after that didn't fall through, um, back to the original question. So after that didn't fall through, I was like, you know, I do want to use artists. So I just thought like, well, if I if I don't have an artist draw the picture of me, how about I use some original art from artists that I already know? So I hit them all up, had them sign some release forms. Like, hey, you want to be you want to be featured in my book? And they were all down for it. So. That's how it happened, and the art is beautiful. So each each piece of art that you see in the book, mm-hmm. it has a story to it. Like what what I chose those I chose that particular work because it meant something to me that coincides with the book or with that chapter within that chapter.
0: Because it says Bridget shamelessly shares the truth of her journey. Mm-hmm. Any faithful behavior and yielded displeasure. Deaths of her despair, she cried out to God for his grace and was delivered through his mercy. Right. So this takes us from birth up to the incident of deliverance? Um, no. Okay. The whole, the, whole book, the whole book takes you right. from birth. Right. The, the, the series, the
1: four-part series. Okay. Okay. Listen, yes, the whole book takes you from birth. Until the age of 33. Actually, it takes you to my 34th birthday, which was August 8th, 2016. And when I turned 34, on my birthday, August 8th, 2016, that's when the book was released and became a bestseller on Amazon on my birthday. So that all will be in the fourth book, which is the Jesus year. The 33rd year. Exactly. The 33rd year. I call it the Jesus year because Jesus died at 33.
0: So the first 33, one woman's journey from trash to treasure, their early years. Mm-hmm. You could look back on that 10 or 11 year old in, you know, a Dayton, Ohio, a Chicago, Illinois, Dallas, Texas, um, Charleston, South Carolina, Washington, D.C., living the same kind of life, you know, with the the family dysfunction. Mm-hmm. The lack of healthy communication, the lack right. of, uh, of healthy connections with adults, the lack of, you know, great role models. What would you say to her today in 2016? I would say, you young black princess, life gets better. Like, no matter what
1: you're going through, God is always there with you. Just keep on believing and believe in yourself. And no matter what anyone tells you, just know that you're more than enough. You have everything that you need and life does get better. Just relax, enjoy your journey, because God will eventually use your story for his glory. Everything that you're going through is because you're strong enough to handle it. God says he, he will never put more on us than what we can bear. So if you're having a hard time, it's because you can handle it. You can bear it. He couldn't, he couldn't give your life to someone else because someone else wouldn't have been able to handle your life. Maybe they would have committed suicide, but you, you young black African princess, you can handle it. So that's why you're going through the things that you're going through. So that when you get, when you build your strength from everything, all of your, your troubles, your traumatic, your traumas and your turmoil, when you build strength from it, you'll be able to share your story as I am and help others
0: help themselves and help others help others, you know? Could you relate to any of Bridget's story? Have you moved away or are you still in just a little bit of fear about being on your own? Bridget and I would love to hear from you. Leave your feedback questions in the comment section below and consider joining my email list over at thatanitalive.com. It's where I do t-shirt giveaways. You may get to vote on who gets interviewed next over at thatanitalive.com. Be blessed.